Welcome back again to the Be Absolute podcast, where it is absolutely okay to be you, absolutely okay to be real, and absolutely okay to be great. Once again, y'all already know it's your boy Pat Jr. Uh, today, we are continuing once again in the Making the Mold uh, podcast series for my latest album, Gold Fangs on Sunday. And uh, today, uh, we're going to be talking about track four. Um, is that cool with you or cool with you? Is that cool with you, Taylor? Is that- yeah, that's cool with me. All right, cool. Uh, <laughs> um, and and uh, just to get right into it, um, I have a guest who, um, obviously, there's no features on the song, but uh, this individual not only co-produced the track, but... Um, man, there's so much I could say about this dude, man. Like, first of all, this dude, like, taught me how to make beats in the beginning when I first started. Man. You remember that, man? Years ago. Like, showed me how to how to sample. Um, like, even with the mixing of my beats, like, taught me that some time ago. He also indirectly showed me how to engineer myself when I record. Like I learned how to engineer myself from watching him mm-hmm. when he recorded me. Um and this is my brother. Like first and foremost, my brother, man. Yes, sir. But also like he's also my business partner in our sound design company, uh production and sound design company, uh Pelman Jr. And of course today I have the other half of the Pelman Jr., the Pelham part. Uh, my homie, uh, Justin Pelham, better known as Jay Pelham. What's good, bro? What's good? What's good, man? Doing good, man. I'm, I'm glad to finally have you up here, man, because I've, like, I've been telling people for a minute, um, I think at the beat battle, people got to know who you were. Mm-hmm. Like, they felt your presence. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That was, was that? Uh, Two years? Well, a year and a half ago. year and some change ago, right? Like, yeah, it's like six months before for the whole... COVID thing happened. Yeah. yeah, like he he went crazy. Like, and I was like, dude, people were like, yo, who is this dude? And I was like, nah, this is my man's I've been telling y'all about. <laughs> like, you heard him on records, but to, to see him do his own thing has been phenomenal. Also, just to add on to that, um, JP uh, was also next to Brian Kidd uh, they both mixed and mastered Goldfangs on Sunday, mm-hmm. um, the entire project. So it's it, I was talking to one of my homies and I was telling him like, yeah, I got JP and Brian mixing it. He's like, bro, that's not fair. I was like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> You're monopolizing. <laughs> man. I know. So yeah, man. That was fun though. Appreciate you having, pre- appreciate, like, I'm, I'm glad you're here. Um, appreciate you coming. I mean, I mean, t- tell the people like who, what, you, who are you? What yeah. you do? Like, let Man. them know. So, Pat already said my name is Justin Pelham. I just go by Jay Pelham, and me and Pat, we've been we've been rocking for a long time since 2011. Mm-hmm. And uh, we actually didn't meet in Raleigh. It was uh, it was like a Christian concert showcase thing. Um, and that, the boonies. Yeah. Speaking of the boonies, like. Me and Pat are connected in a lot of ways, right? So the city where I met Pat in the country is, is actually the city where I met my wife. Mm-hmm. 
And the and the church who was hosting the event actually became my family because they related to my wife. Wow. Mm-hmm. So where what what is the boonies? Where the is boon- this it's called Bisco, North Carolina. Man, like that's it, a new one. Yeah. <laughs> you never heard of it? No. See, it, yeah, bro. It's yeah. Crazy. So B I S C O? Uh E. Yeah, e. yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So like, if you if you draw a line between Raleigh and Charlotte, it'd be right in the middle. Okay. Like on a map. Wow. Okay. Got I didn't it. even know. That's that. the best way I can describe it. Okay. But essentially we linked up and we and we found out we both lived in Raleigh. And this is you hadn't had a project out. I know you were doing spoken uh, word. Uh, uh, uh. I hadn't had a project out. Yeah. Yeah. So you was and, and me and the fellas, uh, me and my boys, the winner circle, we was like, yo, this dude is nice with the spoken word. And then we linked up. He's like, oh, you stay in Raleigh. So we ended up linking, linking up in Raleigh. And then he started doing music. And that's how we kind of linked up. And mm-hmm. man, it, it, the fast forward to 2017, 2018. About 2017, 2018, yeah. That's that's when we, we started making samples for fun. And then fun mm-hmm. turned into money. And mm-hmm. money turned into Pelham Jr. Yeah, man. Awesome. Um, Junior turned to placements too. Yeah, some of which that I don't know by this time when this comes out if it's going to be out already by then. But we got some some cool stuff. It's got we got some heat coming. Some cool one. I, it's another one when you told me about too. Yeah, yes, <laughs> from, from from the UK. Yeah, yeah. So but anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, dang, yeah. We got we got some stuff coming. So, so but we, so excited about it, man. Yeah, but but long story short, this is my bro. This is this is this uh I mean he's a very good friend, he's a good, great business partner. Like we work so well mm-hmm. and, and you could definitely tell that like we've worked together so long. We have, we have this chemistry. Like a lot of times when we work on like music and sample packs, we're like never in the same room. We mm. rarely work on stuff at the same time, mm. but you wouldn't be able to tell by listening to it. <laughs> That's yeah. crazy. That's rare. Yeah. And obviously valued. Yeah. Like chemistry is huge when you have a long term collaborative effort and yeah. project and relationship yeah, that's huge yeah um so w- what came first for this song cool with you was it the beat or the idea slash lyrics um the the idea definitely came first uh like to get some background i i had a conversation with somebody who was um i'd say well respected um people he's like not a forefront person people know like his name and JP like, like got a chance to communicate with him a little bit. I'm not going too far into it, but someone, in, someone in the music in industry. the industry, okay, yeah, uh, producer, kind of like A and R, right. And so we were having this conversation, and I kind of talk about it like on the track, like yeah. I, I tell that story. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't heard it, go listen to it. Uh, track four, cool with you, go fans on Sunday. Uh, out everywhere out, out now <laughs> right mandatory plug in every episode oh, to every remind episode people <laughs> on all streaming services go run that um but yeah like so like I got inspired to to make that song um from that conversation that happened um there was and, and this is like I, I can be transparent about this like I had talked to JP about it where I got really down a little like well not a, a little bit but I got down you know, um, a good bit because I just hearing that, yeah, man, you know, you got the chops, you got this, but you need this. You need something to make you stand out. Like essentially like in the verse where you hear um, a good kid, um, but not like Ray, like didn't live in a mm-hmm. mad city. Mm-hmm. Like that was a reference for in the conversation. It was like, well, 
you need to have like this hood gangster whatever background yeah. or a gimmick yeah, of some kind. Gimmick, no, yeah. not not a gimmick, but essentially like what he was saying was like you got to have like this kind of background, this rough story in order to turn around and talk about positive shit. Kind of like Nipsey, like he had like the gang background and stuff and then he flipped it into like owning businesses and like, you know, um, bringing up his homies and giving them jobs and like doing all this motivational positive stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and people listen to him because of his past. Like you got to start from the bottom. You got to start from that crazy live, background live for people. It. Like, yo, like, yeah. and so, right, you got to go, not even from the bottom, you got to have this rough like history and that's not my story. Yeah. And so, so it was kind of like in the question, like you hear on the track is like, I don't have that street, I don't have street cred. Like I know about a lot of things because of like my mom, my parents, like, uh, you know, were raised in that area, my, you know, specifically my mom, cause she raised me, uh, my grandparents, like all, like my uncles, like they raised and they've been through certain things, but I don't know that. I just mm -hmm. know what I was told and just, I know what to look out for. I, you, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um, but anyway, uh, so that's what inspired the song. It's like, I want to write a song about this. And so literally, it was like super late one night because I feel like it's weird. Some of my best melodies in my head, for some reason, come at 11, 12, 1 o'clock a.m. Mm. And I will, like this, ha JP knows this. I will text him in the middle of the night. Voice memo. With a voice memo. <laughs> and let me, let me tell you how great this dude is, okay? I hear a lot of things in my head that I can't play. I know what feels good. I know what sounds right. It's like, like I said, my ear, right? We talked about this, like right. I, how how much I champion my ear. I did a voice memo of what I wanted the track to sound like. Mm -hmm. And I sent it to JP. Now, mind you, I can't sing or hum chords, but I know that I can sing the root notes. Mm -hmm. And when I sent it to him, somehow, some way, well, I'm not going to say, it's God, you know. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. That's just the best way I could put it. He knows exactly what to play. Like, he knows what chords to play that I'm looking for. Yeah. Like, maybe very few times I will add certain voices, voicings on top of those chords. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for the most part, he knows exactly what I'm going for. Because I'll tell him I'm going for this kind of like cinematic. And that's what that was the idea for this one. I need this like cinematic, like kind of feel, blah, 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 maybe add some strings. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the melodics for the first verse or for the chunk of the song was him constructing it. Yeah. Yeah. I, th I think a lot of it goes back to chemistry though. Like, yeah. We've, like we've known each other so long, we've worked together so, yeah. so long. And then I already, just from previous conversations, I kind of knew the direction that he was going with with the sound and, and, and certain stuff. So I don't know, just kind of, I just played something. I was like, man, I think it sounds good. I think mm -hmm. it sounds cinematic. Like I hope he likes it. And yeah. then he, yeah, and you know, the rest is history. And when he so. sent it, I was just like, "Yeah, this is it, bro. This is it." Uh, I think after he sent it, I the first verse because it had so much of um, the piano had a rhythmic cadence to it. Um, I felt like it was good to have no drums at all mm -hmm. on the first verse, mm -hmm. and that's that's what you hear, like yeah. you know. Um, but then I was like, you know what? Let's change it up and make it dynamic. Could I have finished the song, the, like just rapping on that? Possibly, but I wanted to take it to the next level. That's yeah. I'm always like, let's take it to the next level. Yeah, I, I love beat switches, 
add in stuff that you're not expecting mm-hmm. in in music. Right. Um, at least in my personal, you know, music. And so that's when I kind of took it. I took the helm and that's when on the second verse, I'm doing uh the drums, there's some sound effects in there, um, the bass. Uh I I did like for the first time like the re- the reverse 808 kind of sound in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um it had a very it kept the cinematic feel but it had like a hip hop feel to it as well. Yeah. Um and of course I do the melodic kind of like rapping on it or whatever. Uh and it just like I said it just it really just uh took the track to the next level and it got the story out. Um there's a little uh tongue in cheek if you will, a little a little satire, a little uh I wouldn't say sinister, but there's a little satire there. So I make reference to following my own, making my own trends and like kind of making my own wave. Mm-hmm. But the melodic thing has become very popular. Right, yeah. yeah. So that was done intentionally. Yeah. Like a lot of people don't, some people may not pick that up. It's still me. Mm-hmm. It's what I wanted to do, but I did it in my own way on this track that like we created and I don't think it's, I don't, the entirety of the track, I don't think is anything, maybe it might be a couple of things, but I haven't heard anything like it before. Yeah, it's almost like, it's okay, is, is this what you want? Will you accept me more now? Yeah, kind of, a little bit. Uh, a little bit, yeah, yeah. Very yeah. little bit, yeah. Um, But I, I still, I mean, it, it came out beautifully, yeah, man. definitely. And and uh, I think, I think I mentioned you and Brian when we were mixing. And you can hear it in other tracks on the album, the way reverb yeah. plays a, like a very integral part in the production of this album, and you can really hear it on this track, mm-hmm. especially with D. Still. Um, it's gonna add that, yeah. And it was, uh, he even printed his vocals with the reverb. Yeah, but it was it, was, <laughs> it worked. Yeah. <laughs> it, so it so fire, though. so there's this thing, Taylor, and you probably know because you work with audio a little bit, but. A lot of the times when I'm recording and I do things, I will have reverb on my demos, but I will take them off unless it's an actual effect that I want. So like for feels like for feels like when we did that song, I left the effects on the intro that I created, this, the atmosphere I created mm-hmm. because it's intended to be that way. Um, with vocals or rapping or singing vocals, you want them to be dry so the engineer can add that on to taste. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not like a soundscape or an atmosphere or right. an effect. It's these are dry vocals that you want, you know. Yeah, typ- typically, typically, right. It's, it's like w- seasoning, but it's like you can always add more. But if if there's already too much, you can't, you can't subtract it. it. You can't yeah. subtract it. So yeah. s- sometimes, sometimes you can leave like with Steel. He left his like so. Uh, just for context, my homie D Steel, who produced Godly. Um, he did, I asked him, I was like, yo, I think it would be cool if you could do background vocals on this song. So, and, and another thing about this project too that I'm finding out is I love vocals. Oh, yeah. Like, I love to play around with the human voice and and use it as an instrument. We do that in our Pelham and mm-hmm. Junior packs. Yep, all the time. You know, and that was something that, that when you know, with JP, like when we first started making, I was like, yo, let's, let's add some singing stuff in here. And then we just started getting creative with it and create. And so that's what Pelman Jr. has helped me too, because even with the sound design and the production of, let me say this too, while I'm on it. 
this whole entire project with the exception of one person. I probably said that in another episode, but who cares? <laughs> this whole entire project with the exception of one person was all Pelman Jr. made. All the producers that are part of Pelman mm-hmm. Jr. Yeah. Pr- produced this project. That's awesome. So, um, but yeah, but anyway, with vocals, like, I love using the human voice in so many different ways. And so I was like, yo, still, it would be dope for you to do some vocals on here. And so he did that. Um, and then there's another vocal part at the end in the background when you're listening to it, um, where I'm like, uh, you could die while you're still alive. You really got to love who you see inside. So Dottie, um, uh, D.L. Zinni, um, who's, sh- sh- man, she's found oh. kind of like in four or five different spaces on yeah. this project. She's she's a part of the sprinkling on the project too. Yeah. The, the seasoning. Yeah. And so she had an idea for a phrase for some lyrics that she was writing. And she was like, what if, because this is when she started working with me, it was her first time working with like hip hop production. And so she started catching on really fast. Mm. And so she was like, what if I sung this phrase and you turn it into a sample and play it in the back? She didn't realize what she was doing is a, is a trick that 40 Drake's producer does with vocals where he'll change, what is it, the sample rate? Yeah, he'll, he'll turn it down. He'll turn the sample rate down and put the vocals or sometimes the whole sample in the background and the drums will be the standout. Mm-hmm. So when you listen to Cool With You at the end, you hear that singing, that deep tone singing in the background. Yeah. That's her. We created a, a vocal sample for the track. Very cool. Yeah. So. Is she actually saying words? Yeah. Okay, but but it's just, like you said, when you downsample it and put it in the back, you don't hear words, you just hear melody. Uh, right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. like the, the feeling is, is more important than right. whatever she was. Thinking. Right. And exactly. obviously that helps it fade more yeah. into the background, become like an underlayer and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, so. I want to go back to something that I mentioned real quick. I didn't want to, <laughs> I didn't want our listeners to be confused that I thought that um, a any particular hip hop artist's background was considered any any sort of gimmick. I didn't want to. I didn't want oh, to no, convey no, no, that. <laughs> but when I was listening to this track, yeah, it felt like that the individual that was telling you this was kind of giving you, unless you have one or the other, unless you have a rough background or a gimmick, that your success was harder, I guess, for, for what yeah, he was trying yeah, to describe. Yeah. Do you feel sometimes that there might be an unofficial mainstream checklist for anyone artist, any artist to be considered quote unquote, a hip hop artist or a rapper or anything like that? Right. JP's like, mm-hmm, well, mm-hmm. obviously this, <laughs> I, I'm going I'm to let Pat say what he's going to say. Cause I know it's directed toward hit towards him, but I, I, I specifically remember listening to this song mm-hmm. and listening to like, you know, the verses and just really thinking about how, you know, we've, We've had our hard knocks, you know, thus far in the industry. And yeah. when you think about artists, there As tends Bellamy to be, Jr. Yeah. there's almost like, and it's just me, I see like two lanes that artists go. They're either this alter ego where it's almost like they're either a superhero, they're a hero or a villain. Right. And their persona isn't really them. It's just this it's crafted, a char- it's a character. It's a character. Yeah. Or they go the authenticity route, which Pat, obviously, his name and his artist name are, he he is the artist. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. And that makes you really vulnerable. And so it's almost like if you go the authenticity route, then it's almost like you need to be as interesting as this gimmicky character. Right. Right. And that's why the hard knock story 
is is appealing because it's a formula that we've seen work time and time again. Mm-hmm. And so it's like if you don't fit that mold, then all of a sudden like they don't they don't know how well you're going to do or how people are going to receive you. Yeah. No, that, I mean, honestly, I would even say, because I can answer that as an artist, but I'm pretty sure, and we've both seen this, because um, I mean, the hard knock part, the hard knock part of it, um, we've I've seen it as Pat Jr. and as Pelman Jr. Mm-hmm. So not just as Pelman Jr., but um, like as far as like, I know we can talk about from a production aspect too. Yeah, because even in sound design, like as Pelman Jr., there's a popular sound yeah. right now that's more appealing, you know, that's more easily made or what people love to hear, mainstream loves to hear, is how you get the Drake placements or you know the Rick Ross placements or whoever you know that's mainstream that's popping, um, you know Trippy Red, whoever, uh, like there's a particular sound that people do. That we don't necessarily do. We can do it. We've done it like here and there on certain things. Yeah. But we have our own sound, you know? And sometimes, and I've even told JP as as Pelman Jr., like, I I he's not so much the social media person as as much as I am. But when Clubhouse is popping, like, I even noticed that in some of these conversations in these rooms with other sound designers, like, I kind of feel like, well, like, man, we kind of the black sheep a little bit. Cause like we're now there's some outliers. There are a few outliers um that as far as sound designers that are different. And, you know, um, but to my surprise, every time I come in contact with a lot of these dudes, yo, man, I'm such a big fan. Yo, man, I respect y'all so much. Y'all so fire, y'all so dope. And I'm just like, man, damn, really? Like, man. you know what I'm saying? They like we I had this one guy. In particular, this is one website I went to, found his sound design, thought it was dope. He didn't have the stems available. So I hit him up and was like, yo, um, you got any stems? Like, I I love to, you know, buy this from you or whatever, because I, I want to get the stems. Like, I'm kind of working on some stuff. And he's I emailed him from my personal, my artist, my Pat Jr. email. And he responded to me and instantly was he like he knew who I was. He was like, yo. Thank you so much for hitting me up. I'm such a big fan of what you do. Even like, he was like, I even peeped some of your music stuff, bro. He was like, here, just take all the stems for all the packs I have. Wow. You don't got to pay me nothing. Just thanks for being an inspiration. I was like, whoa. So there, there are wow. people out, even though we don't do the sound as popular, people mm-hmm. still respect the musicality. Um, and so the, the reason why I make that point is because as an artist, even though I don't have that background mm-hmm. and that, I guess, the appeal of the gimmick or because some people is, is gimmicks, you know, some people is true to who they are, mm-hmm. you know, because um, I don't want to discredit everybody that has, you know, whatever story they have. Right. Um, but it's like, yo, if anything, respect me because the music is great. The music is good. Like, not to say that I, I'm... I, I still have plenty of room to grow, but like respect me because the music, the lyrics is great. Like, you know, they are great. Yeah. So, I mean, yes, you know, um, the other point I wanted to add to was just uh, when it comes to, I wouldn't say, so JP made a point to say, he said, uh, when it comes to being often, you know, authentic in in your music and finding a way to make your brand more appealing with this project, I'm finding that. 
But I think a part of that is like finding out more of who I am and putting that on display in your face as much as possible. Mm -hmm. So it's not necessarily my gimmick, but it's my thing. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's, it's still true to me. Like he said, even to my, like, I'm a junior. I just sh- shortened it. It's Pat Jr. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, man. I, I, I definitely appreciate that, bro. Oh, yeah. yeah. Is, is this, check me if I'm out of line, mm-hmm. seriously, but is this song a response at all to um, this idea of validation of being an artist a black artist or even just a black person? No, it's just in general, man. Yeah. It's just in general. Like, it's, it's very, I would say it does cover that. Because mm-hmm. uh, you do you do mention I'm in a the dark-skinned song. brother with some extra weight on him. Yeah, like I do mention that. So it's a part of that. Mm-hmm. But I'm naming multiple things. It's not just who I am as a black man, but it's, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. also like just the background I come from. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm literally asking my audience, because one of my homies was like, it's like you asking, but it's rhetorical. I said, it kind of is, but at the same time, I am asking, is is all of this cool with you? Mm -hmm. You know? Um, But I mean, yeah, I I feel like, and I could, I don't know, man. I'll say it. Please. And, And JP, correct me if I'm wrong. Sometimes I feel like in music, because I've seen I've seen this this trend or this pattern where I'll find this really cool artist. He might have somewhat of a rough background. Um, he has the the hood, quote unquote, appearance, which is nothing wrong with that. Like if that's truly you, then be you. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but then you look at the ARs and the owners of the label, and it could be an independent label, and they're all white. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. white frat boys. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um and so I feel like to the white crowd, when it comes to the black community, that stuff is appealing to them. Oh, yeah, of course. You know what I'm saying? I I could be wrong. I think there's a st- statistic where most of the people who like actually listen to and consume hip hop are people that aren't from the hip hop community. Mm-hmm. White people and, you know, people from other places. And it's it's appealing. It's the same way like is it specifically mainstream hip hop? Are you referring to, or just the I would genre say, as a whole? I would say the genre as a whole, yeah, but definitely okay. mainstream. Yeah, definitely right? mainstream. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it's mm-hmm. almost why, like you you watch movies with violence and and gang bangers and people. You know, like it's 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 provocative. It's different, even though that could be somebody's reality. That mm-hmm. you, you get what I'm saying? Like from the other side, it's not provocative. It's just where I'm from or, right. or whoever, but from the other side looking, it's it's become commoditized. They've learned how to package it and turn it into a product that mm-hmm. they can that they can sell and make money off of it, unfortunately, you know? Yeah. No. Yeah, uh, yeah I understand that. Or fortunately just, from if, if you're making the money, maybe I mean, if you're the <laughs> right. one making the money, yeah. right. all power too. Right. Yeah. But everybody wants that they that outlet for escapism, whether it's through music or whether it's because everybody, you know, there's d- discussions about um, people who might be of a particular uh, higher-up socioeconomic class about this idea of romanticizing things that are maybe like and uh, excuse me, romanticizing like trips to a developing country mm-hmm. or listening or you know the rich white suburban kids listening to this listening to this type of hip hop that is by artists that are of this hood image and hood background, mm-hmm. yeah. and it's all about kind of this idea of. I 
I like this because it's not my reality. It's not my reality. And it reality. doesn't matter what their reality is, mm-hmm. whether it's good or bad. If it's someone, just, it's cool. It's appealing. Exactly. Yeah. It's something different than what you have experienced. And, this, and it goes in reverse too. Like someone in a poor socio, socioeconomic class, like dreams of getting all the money and getting the nice cars yeah. and like all this other, and listens to songs about stuff that's like why, that. That's how they talk about music. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but I, I laugh at, I just think it's funny of uh, photos of artists just with like just the money like up their arm. <sighs> just because I look at them like I'm, I'm like, just like I'm like, I'm like why would you do? <laughs> this, like, there's I a line. Be like, Hide your money. It's like, right. Don't show. <laughs> right. <laughs> rob me, please. Um, it's that's all, that's it's what all, it says. It's all, right. It's all prop money. It says <laughs> it says rob me, please. Right. But it's it's funny you bring that up because um, Jay Z made a, a line in a story of OJ where it was like um, talking about people who hold their money to the ear. We don't call that real money over here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and some, and some artists like in particular got like, you talking about me? So like, you know what I'm saying? Got frustrated. Yeah. Because he like, for one, I love Jay-Z. He's in my top five. Uh, the way he depicted that line, I'm glad he said something about it, but it was just like, that was such a flex, bro. Oh, yeah. Like, it was a flex. Like, yeah. you must be making, like, you ain't making money like like I am, but also it was a lesson in that. Like, there's no need for you to do that. Yeah. Like, you know, like you and said. And it's Jay-Z, and it carried, that statement carries oh, weight. It carried yeah. weight. Because he said it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. You know, and here again, this whole thing of the history and background he came from, mm-hmm. um, of having to sell drugs and all that stuff like that. So, uh, but like no, I I I agree. Like in, in people, like the white crowd loves stuff like that. But I will say this too: there's a good side to the industry because that was the person who inspired this. That was their point. Um, but there's a great side of music of what we're calling alternative hip hop now, like with the Sabas and the Mick Jenkins and the No Names, and you know what I'm saying, like. These different artists who uh Brockhampton, you know, they're just rapping about they might come from rough, excuse me, they might come from rough backgrounds, or maybe not, or whatever. Mm-hmm. It, they're just, it's not a, all about the um, it's about life in general. It's not just about the the hood moments or the rough moments or, you know, a homie getting killed or whatever the case is. It's just a it, a lot of it is. You talk about these different things, but you also talk about mental health, how it affects you mentally. You mm-hmm. know, it's what I'm hearing in their music. They're talking about love. They're talking about these, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. it's done It's done in a very authentic, um, everyday life kind of way where it's not It's not just the, the person who came from a rough background can relate, but the person from the everyday background. And the reason why I say that is because my manager, Mike Luna, heard the record and he heard this song he posted it on social media Mike does not cry I've never heard Mike get emotional maybe once when he was like he was teaching a sermon at you know at church if I can recall correctly Mike if if I'm saying you cried at this time and you didn't you don't like it excuse me <laughs> uh, but but I think he did that was the only time I've heard him get emotional he heard this song and he posted on social media like he 
was in tears when he heard this. Oh. Mike is indigenous and he's a he's an older gentleman. Um and not so he's not black. He you know what I'm saying? But yeah. he relates to the same story that I have coming up. Mm-hmm. And he's autistic. And so when he heard this, having the background that he came from, like as far as as a kid, having both parents in the home, all that stuff like that. Um, I grew up in a single parent home, but still having like support system, support system, mm-hmm. being autistic, being like indigenous, being native, like hearing, like you know, hearing the track. He he was he's like I cried, bro, because it's like that's my that's me. This is wow. I relate to this. He's still like related to it. Yeah, he was and he when he posted it, he was like, this is the first song that has touched me in this way. Ever. That's awesome. Wow. And I was like, okay, I I did something. Because mm-hmm. Mike doesn't cry, bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, for me, that was a just another confirmation. Like, I'm glad I made this. And, I'm, and I, I hope, my hope is that other people hear it and they're able to relate to it as well. I believe so. It's my favorite track on the project right now. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Um, you mentioned earlier uh, about kind of the instrumentation. On mm-hmm. this track and how that came about, um, I'm noticing that, uh, especially with your music and a bunch of artists as well, there can be a very direct message in your lyrics, and then you can either go really hard with the instrumentation, like if you're trying to be direct, you can punch it up with really heavy percussion and drums, mm-hmm. or you take this approach where everything's kind of pulled back a little bit, especially yeah. in the first part of the song where it's mm-hmm. kind of just the piano. What I'm, I'm assuming it's more of a this is a more art than science discussion about how you achieve that balance or when does it feel right um but what do you think that juxtaposition does of a very direct message with very minimal instrumentation this is for obviously this is for either of you yeah um i think it's definitely more art than science (laughs) yeah (laughs) like for me music is all about it was like it's like 90 85, 90 percent about how it feels mm-hmm. versus now obviously, you know, lyrics are equally important. Um, but I think you can you could have the same verse, the same lyrics, and obviously you could deliver it differently, the music could be differently, and it can feel it can feel differently. You could say the same thing and somehow still convey a different message because of how you frame it within the the, the production. Right. And so um I think in this case, you know, I, I think Pat had the cinematic vision for it and so it really kind of me like when I was making you know when I was kind of making the foundation and then when I heard the final production um it it really kind of set the stage for like okay a story is about to be told here it it almost kind of like set me up to like listen to um I'm like okay I I feel like he's about to be vulnerable I feel like he's about to um kind of give me something a little deeper because the music isn't trying to like get in the it's like it it wasn't like I guess the music is dope but it's almost like the music was was more of a was more of a background character in the story yeah yeah no I, I, I he said it all that was perfect like um I'm I'm learning I've learned that a lot with him too like mm. because people just don't listen to People don't listen to lyrics first, you know. Yeah, you know. Of of course, I was like, man, like, and and he's heard me like, he's record, he's recorded me plenty of times where it's like, 
I got to go crazy <laughs> with the lyrics, man. Like, I listened to some of my older stuff, like 2016. I listened to some of that, and I'm just like, man, it's overly written, bro. Mm. Like, you know, I'm people enjoyed it, but I just felt like it was overly written, you know? And uh, some people are here, I'm like, yo, man, this is crazy. I'm like, ah. Like, you know, um, even in writing this record, I had to make sure the lyrics, you could feel them without even listening to them. Or if it's, if you're just listening, you know, I think, like JP said, I think the 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 track gives you that room to just, just listen to it. Like, it catches your attention. Like, okay, I need to pay attention to what's being said here. But in, in that moment, you're not really listening to the lyrics all the way because you can, when that progression, the strings, everything come in, you could get lost in that. Yeah. You know, uh, so I was focused on how, what I'm saying, if they're not listening to that the first time, even though the track gives room for that, I want them to feel what I'm saying mm-hmm. in, the, in the track. Like JP, when I literally, when I hummed that, that progression, it's like when he, what, what, what he sent me back was perfect, you know? And then I just, I just built on top of that. Alex added some, like some other voices as well. Alex Thompson. Yeah. Um, uh, fourth shift. So he, he added some voicings to it as well. Like on, on a, on a, some of the, I think it was like the hook part, like some strings or whatever. Um, but yeah, like it was just like, it was really me and JP just building that, you know, the, the chunk of the production and, um, it just gave me room to to say what was needed in the I I I would like to say beyond just listening to what I'm saying, what I said was felt. Like how I was delivering it was you could feel it. So Yeah. Yeah. I remember even automating certain parts of the instrumentation. Oh wow. And in some of the spaces. See, I didn't know that. Too. So that So what is what does that do? What does automating do? So we automated like the volume. So it's just, you know, because you can a lot of times in production, you could have, you know, you'll have a guitar part or bass or piano. It'll just be the same volume the entire track. Right. Uh, but because they were like string and or- like orchestral parts, mm-hmm. there were certain spaces where like those parts needed to be louder. Uh, so that mm-hmm. it's almost like Pat would say something and then the, the, the music had to respond and, and like affirm that, oh, right. okay, that was a bar. Yeah. Or, or there were even parts where, you know, maybe we turned it down and, and okay, and then that gave more space for, for Pat mm-hmm. to do whatever. But I think, I, I think there's probably a couple other songs where we did that. But, you know, really just adding some drama and really emphasizing yeah. the, the feeling of, of the song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like this song, you tell me what you think, but I feel like this song, the message behind it kind of captivates what Be Absolute is about. Yes. It does. Very much so. Was this this intera- interaction you had with this record executive and music mm-hmm, industry person, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. were you directly inspired to write the song after that? Or was that a hit over the head to past experiences you have had about kind of the same discussions? A combination of both. Yeah. Um, I would say more so everything leading up to that conversation. And then that conversation definitely was like, no, I need to put this in the song. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, I, I, so if I was to split it up in percentages, uh, I would say like 70, six, 65 to 70% of 
the inspiration came from that conversation. Mm. And then the rest of it was kind of like just a little bit at a little bit at a time building up. Mm -hmm. um, but that's a great question because I didn't think of it that way. It embodies what be absolute like means, what it's about, like all of that. So um, now that's beautiful, man. Wow. That was yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. That's a great question, man. That's a great question. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Pat, so Pat slipped me a twenty before we started. <laughs> um, I just wanted to comment too on what JP described with the automation and all that stuff. Let me just put that out there, like artists. This is why good engineering and mixing and mastering is important. Like JP knows what the fuck he's doing. <laughs> like Brian knows what the fuck he's doing. Right. Um, just that whole description of the music responding back to me, like, I, I didn't even, like, I didn't catch that. Mm. Like, I know we talked about, because I'm very involved in the mixing and mastering process, and I know I was like, I need people to hear every bit of the instrumentation in this song yeah, um, and feel it, you know? And I, I didn't even catch the automation parts. Um, and also, like, I'll say this too, when I wrote this and I sent it to Kasuede as one of the people I, like, one of my rapper homies, he's my brother, but he's just one of those guys I could send and be like, yo, when I sent him the song, I was like, bro, it feels too regular. Like, there's not a lot of wordplay in this. There's not a lot of cleverness in this. It's just very, it is what it is. Is that bad? He was like, no. He's like, bro, this is beautiful. Mm -hmm. Like, because I like, I like lyricism. Yeah. Like, I am a huge battle rap fan. Mm -hmm. I love battle rap. Yeah, yeah. You know? And so, um, I'm still learning because Shad is in my top five. Like, Shad does that extremely well where he's able to be, he knows when to be super clever. He knows when to go crazy on the record with the wordplay, all that. But then sometimes he'll just say what needs to be said. He just tells a story or he'll just say whatever. Um, and I, I I felt like in that, I was like, man, I, when, I, when I recorded and I sent it to him, I was like, man, if I felt like it wasn't enough some for some reason the lyricism like and he was like bro he was like nah this is beautiful bro so yeah man that's great um before we wrap up uh jp what's your favorite track on the album that you i know you worked on all of it or or a lot or a lot of it but what is your favorite track that you maybe uh What's your, yeah, just what's your yeah, favorite track on this project? Other than this one. Um, other than this one. I don't know. This might be the obvious one, but hmm. I have a lot of reasons for it. It would have to be This Is The Day. Wow. Mm. It would have to be This Is The yeah. Day. Yeah. And, and here are some of the reasons. One, because like I'm a sucker for vocals, too. Um, I love singing. I love harmony. I love vocal arrangement. Yeah. Like, I've all, like coming from a church background, and growing up on in gospel, that was ingrained in me. And so whatever I, I don't know, my brain just always goes there. So this is the day probably goes the craziest with the with the vocal. <laughs> and there's literally like lots and lots of voices, lots of it people. It is, man. Yeah. It's like a choir on there. Yeah. I, I, I wanted to get him on that episode. I felt this was, I felt this was more appropriate just because of where we are in the industry. Mm-hmm. But I wanted him on because he very much so helped between him and Dottie with the vocal arrangement on This Is The Day. Um, and yeah, man, that joint is that 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 was my most ambitious. Like I told JP, 
said, this is what I want to do. Like, JP has very much so been, when it comes to vocal arrangements on my project, he's been very much so involved in that process. Mm -hmm. um, for anything that you've heard that that's had multiple singers on it, you best believe nine times out of ten, ten times out of ten, JP is behind the vocal arrangements of those multiple people singing with each other on the track. Man. So, Man. Yeah, yeah, like that, that was my most ambitious, and I was like, yo, JP, uh, <laughs> I need your help Man, with this, bro. That that session was massive. Yeah. And a lot of it was just vocals. I mean, it it's it's clear. Like, yeah. like you listen to that and you're like, oh, this sounds like there's 20 people here. Yeah. Like but that was that's very intentional. Was it like yeah. uh uh it's like over a hundred tracks or something like that? Yeah. Oh shoot. Mm -hmm. And so I wow. I remember before we even started mixing the project. This is it's almost like we scheduled everything around this is the day. Yep. Mm -hmm. Cause we knew this was gonna to, yeah. be like And I hated him for that, yo. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. he was cause we got on the phone and I was talking to them and I was like, yeah, so where should we start? And I just knew Jay. I was like, this nigga gonna say <laughs> This is yeah, because it this was they were I already knew because like it didn't even how me and Brian kind of had the back and forth mixing, we kind of had like a little system where I would touch a record, you know, do my thing, tune some stuff, and then um uh no, actually it was the verse. He would do his he would mix the song mm -hmm, and then mm -hmm. I would get it, tune it, kind of fine-tune it, send it back to him, he'll finalize it. Mm. This one actually had two back and forths mm -hmm. because I had to just spend one session just organizing and, and getting vocals together. Mm -hmm. And then he mixed it and then I got it back and then I was able to kind of Then we had to figure out the kick. Out. I had to go. Oh and, my God. Bro. Like that was a beast. And I'm glad I hated him for it, but I'm glad he said. Oh, you did tell me about that. You're like, hey, I'm gonna send you this, but I gotta mess with this kick real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Like I I like the kick needed to be changed because it was just it won't hit right. It was cause how many kicks did you go through? Like four or five? Yeah, probably. Just about. <laughs> yeah. Like I had to go home, go to like I remember going through a whole bunch of stuff. And that's one thing that I I I I try to make sure, because I even told them, I was like, man, my drum, my kick choice was not good. Like, I thought it was, and I it wasn't. I'm never making that mistake ever again. Um, but, I like, I, I feared, because that's one thing that I would fear in the past, is changing a kick. I'm very particular about my drum choice. Very. Like, JP knows this. Mm -hmm. Like, that's something Steel taught me. Like, picking the right drums for a track is very essential. Mm -hmm. And you got to make sure they hit right. Every track, every kick, snare, all that doesn't have to hit hard, but it has to be present. It has to hit right. And I made a bad drum choice. And that's one thing that I feared. One of my fears as a producer was going back to change one drum sound. Because it's like, you got to really go through and like then rebalance everything and then mix it it's in. A it's a lot. When the track is already completely mixed. Yeah. So. It's like replacing the foundation of a house after you built the house. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, uh, essentially, so. And and the last, last little thing, I'm throwing this little No, go tidbit, ahead, go ahead, go little ahead. Little tidbit. Little one. The first song, one of the first songs I ever learned on piano was This Is Today, that the Lord is What? Nice. I was 10. Yeah. And it's a very simple song to play. Yeah. But I remember when I first started playing in my dad's church, we would sing this medley of, of songs in This Is Today was one of those songs. Wow. That's pretty cool. And so, full circle that, this is the day that Pat, not even knowing that, it's the first time Pat ever, that's you know, crazy. Yeah. Turn that, yeah. That's could, could, crazy. Could turn that song that, that I resonate with so much from my childhood, like the song that helped me become the musician, like, 
All of that. Wow. Pat turned that song into what you'll hear on the album. It's, it's super dope to me. <laughs> yeah. That's fire, man. That's really cool. Um, well, thank you guys so much for sharing the story behind this song. Um, yeah, man. It's yes, sir. it's a real... Yeah, I, I like this song a lot. That's, yeah, that's man. one of my it's, favorites. It's, it's right now, it's my favorite. I don't know if it'll change for a while. It might change, but is that cool with you? Or cool with you? That's 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 my favorite. So, yeah. Uh, JP, thank you so much for coming. Um, appreciate you. Uh, Taylor, as always, is... is, is we we getting it in, man. We we uh we almost halfway through. Um, I love what we've been doing so far. We hope that what you've been listening to, the listener, um, we hope that you're enjoying this as well. Uh, thank you so much for listening to the Be Absolute podcast, where it is absolutely okay to be you, absolutely okay to be real, and absolutely okay to be great. So go be great. Uh, and uh, yeah, we got more episodes coming in this Making the Mold series. Go listen to the album. Go Fangs on Sunday. You already know what I'm going to say. Like, go listen to the album. Go Fangs on Sunday uh, by yours truly streaming everywhere. Uh, yeah. And if you haven't put it, you know, put a friend onto it. Family member. I, I know it definitely encouraged them. Uh, Till next time. Peace.